You are listening to the Enormo Cast. The high flying monsters of Sportiva Rock Shoe lineup return this weekend to your local crag for the Enormo Cast back to spring monster sending season. Come see the La Sportiva Solution lead the charge as the greatest sport climbing and bouldering beast of all time. Or watch as the 10,000 horsepower Testarossa burns down your project. The new and improved Katana Lace-Up will blow your mind and don't be fooled by the dainty Sportiva mantra. It's smearing and grabbing power plays rough with those gym holds. Come for the leather, but stay for the midfield halftime show of the new Squama Vegan, all the heft without the harm. Sportiva has it all, from jamming, to smearing, to edging, to hooking. This Sunday and every Sunday from here to eternity. Get your feet in any of these fueled up high-octane climbing shoes at Sportiva.com or your favorite local shop. And crush your project! <coughs> Sportiva.com Hello and welcome to the Enorma Cast. This is your host, Chris. Hey. Hey, dude, it's me. Wait, what the... It's your mid-layer, bro. Ooh, thanks. Little dank in here. Wait, who the hell are you? I'm your mid-layer. The layer between your base layer and your shell. It's the most important layer of layers, in my fleecy opinion. Anyway, what are you doing? I'm making a podcast in my cold basement. Huh. What, is your mom going to get mad if you turn up the heat, Mr. Podcaster? Yeah, hilarious. It may be a basement, but at least it's my basement. Anyway, I'm kind of busy. What do you want? Well, I just wanted to tell everybody about the mid-layer, man. The mid-layer is the most useful layer in your closet, bro. Perfect for exercise, climbing rock or ice on dry, chilly days. Of course, keeping you warm and cozy under your shell, or just hanging around. Well, you do get a lot of wear in my life. That's because I know I'm your favorite, bro. I'm a black diamond coefficient hoodie. Warm, great movement, slim fit under your puffier shell, and I make you look like a fine figure of a man. Or maybe the captain of a starship, I can't tell which. But I do make a stylish scene at any occasion. Or at least any occasion you'd want to go to. That's pretty true. But check this out. Black diamond has a whole line of coefficient fleece. Full zip, quarter zip, pullover, LT quarter zip, LT vest, or some other mumbo jumbo. It's all there. At BlackDiamondEquipment.com or your favorite local shop, bro. Coefficient fleece is like wearing actual sunshine on the bleakest of days, my dog. Do people actually go to stores anymore? They should. A good climbing shop is the soul of the sport. Anyway, you should get back to work. The people want their spray. Well, thanks for stopping by, bro. You know I do love my coefficient hoodie from Black Diamond. Love you too, man. How about a hug? Bring it in, bro. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? Are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, a big house. place outside of town. That's a big nice. place. You sold it's it out. Out. I'll say you really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed climbing with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment, La Sportiva, and with support from Maxim Ropes. Maxim has been keeping the normal cast off the deck since 2012. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. 
Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the EnormaCast. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the EnormaCast. This is your host, Chris Galus. It is March 8th, 2023, about 9.30 p.m. here in Colorado, and this is episode 259 of the EnormaCast a conversation with guide and climber Lindsay Ham. The other thing today is is International Women's Day. And luckily for me, I was queuing up an interview with a woman, as I often do, but I had no idea that this was coming. It just just was a happy coincidence that I had edited this one and was ready to put it out. Yeah, I don't know where these things come from. I only know about International Women's Day because of social media. Everybody just is on board. Like, is this a marketing thing? Like, who decided? So it just came up through social media. Was it an act of Congress? And, you know, I think it's great. Like, let's celebrate women. But, like, tomorrow, what, do we go back to ignoring them? It's probably International Pitbull Day tomorrow, for all I know. I'll find out in the morning when I see all the Pitbull posts. And then you're like, well, what if I don't post anything for International Women's Day, are people going to think I'm some misogynist that hates women? Like, shit, I better post something. Isn't that, isn't that probably what's mostly going on? I didn't post anything about it, but I got this, right? International Women's Day happening right now. And in fact, not only do I have a woman on the show, I have an amazing woman on the show. Lindsay Ham is a force of nature, the Haminator. That's her, that's her nickname. Anyway, I have the Haminator on the show. And uh, she really embodies that old song. What's uh, the Helen, Helen Reddy? Is that right? Helen Reddy song, I Am Woman. Do you know this tune? It's definitely dating me, but it goes way back to the 70s. It's actually kind of before my time. I was alive, but I certainly wasn't listening to this kind of pop music. But yeah, here's a little bit for you. How about that bass pickup? Ouch. That studio musician was licking their fingers after that one. Helen Reddy, 1971. Actually, I just looked it up while we were jamming to that. And uh, 1971 was a big year for women in rock history. Carol King, Tapestry, boom. Joni Mitchell's Blue. Carly Simon, up and coming that year. Big year, look it up. Anyhow, strong, invincible. That is Lindsey Ham. To a T. And actually, uh, I'll, you know, show my cards here. This is actually a take two with Lindsay. Uh, sometimes I have to redo interviews for various reasons, sometimes technical reasons, other times just chemistry or, you know, we did it at a weird time of day and it just didn't, didn't land. And often I'm leery of doing that because we kind of rehash a lot of the same stuff. But in this case, the second Lindsay Ham interview was gold. Gold, I tell you. And that's what you're getting today. Lindsay Ham, number two. And that little scatological joke will make sense a few minutes into this. But anyhow, Lindsay Ham, 
so awesome, so fun. This thing was hilarious to edit. So I'd already heard all the jokes and and, uh, I started laughing again. So that's a good sign. So why don't we go ahead and get to it here on International Women's Day. Yeah, so there's like two more hours of International Women's Day to get out there and women it up. Happy International Women's Day for me and Lindsay Ham. better already with this beer (laughs) (laughs) all right it's a classic cast now Um, there you go (laughs) ice fest the normal cast post uh saturday night at ura ice fest yeah the best night of my life apparently apparently toilet paper and all (laughs) so apparently i steal toilet paper at some people's homes and kick it down the street so. Did you get any into the house? Absolutely. It's the one that's hanging. Okay. <laughs> so if you used it. It's, it's, I didn't. Okay. I didn't come over to your Airbnb to poop. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I, hey. hey. No, I'm all good with that. But uh, but yeah, we went out last night. Um, and there was many times in the evening that I wished we had had the mics on. We had some good laughs. But they're about to be, we're just going to improve on all those you conversations. Yeah, yeah, because we're going to talk about my, my coffin yeah. and how we're going to improve my life in that thing. Because yeah. I like the button thing where I'm going to shoot out of it yeah. and surprise the fuck out of everybody. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. We're having this conversation and you're trying to describe your rig and I'm like, you're like, yeah, it's like, it's a pickup truck, but it's like not, it's not got that thing on it. It's got, and I was like, yeah, no, I had one of those too. And like, no, no, it's not that thing. So it turns out that Lindsay sleeps. She's got just the cover that covers the bed. Yeah. It's like, like a, there's no cap. It's just those flat covers it's the coffin. on the bed. And then, so just as high as the gate yes. and you open that up and then squirm in there and close it. Yep. So no windows. No windows. Well, you probably don't close it all the time, but um, if it's raining out or something. Absolutely. Like, it's funny because like, Yosemite was like my favorite spot with that. No one knew I was in there. Right. And so Yeah, you've got yeah, you've got that figured. Stealth. You know? And um it's just really funny when um when no one knows I'm in there and maybe I'm like at a grocery store napping or something and I pop out of it, everyone's like, What the fuck? Like you are you okay? And I'm like and I'm at a grocery store (laughs) napping. (laughs) Yeah. I'm learning how to be a dirtbag at 35 years old, dude. Like, it's pretty sick. Just like, God, that shopping was so so drained from that city market aisle after aisle. I got to get a little nap Have you never been to Moab? And yeah, you have. But like, if you go to Moab and it's crazy times and you're like in there, I mean, I get so intense. Like, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many people. And I just go take a nap, you know? That's a lot of 
interaction for me. <laughs> in Moab, it's probably black, right? So the sun is like beating down on this big black sheet of plastic and you're in there. Well, it's actually a hard shell. Okay. So it is yeah. like kind of legit. Right. But uh, yeah, I I lived out of that for like two years mm. up in the Pacific Northwest too. And people are like, oh, you can just stay with me. I'm like, yeah, when I need a shower, I'll come over mm-hmm. and hang out. But like- I kind of like the thing. I feel like in the womb a little yeah. bit, you know, all nested up. It's just really funny when guys are like, if I'm dating someone, I'm like, you want to come to my coffin to sleep over? And they're like, some of them liked it. Right. Some of them are like, I actually have a van. I'm like, yeah, we should probably go to your van. But are you sure? Have you looked in here? This is pretty fucking sick right now. So, but me and Chris have decided that we're going to design something where I just push a button and I pop yeah, well, out. Those bi- you know, people have those big rolling drawers that go the length of their cat or their uh, bed, mm-hmm. you know, put all their gear in under the platform that they usually sleep on is how it usually works. So we'll just put you in that and you just, you just have, it's all motorized and you press a button and you just like, good night, everybody. And it, and it like closes up and the fucking hatch closes. Listen, it's going to have lights. I'm going to have like, a toothpaste holder, like a mirror in there. It's going to be good. I'm in it. And then like in the morning, it would be the best because you could be somewhere and every, nobody knows you're in there and they're just like getting their packs together and all of a sudden there's like beep, beep, and you come, you fucking sit up. My mom's going to be like, I'm so proud of you. Like it's, she's just always so proud. Like it doesn't matter if I'm sleeping out of this car or like- sleeping you know on the side of a wall or something but she just loves the coffin and mm-hmm. i've actually had clients be like you know i want the dirt bag experience can i slip into the coffin with yeah you? <laughs> i served you i've had one woman who done that and like i woke up and like my other friend came over and it was in the morning and i was like making her breakfast and my my friend's like is that your client and i'm like yeah dude <laughs> and he's like huh and he's like i'm learning something about you <laughs> But me and her climbed together forever and she wanted it. She was like, I think she was like in her fifties, had kids and just, you know, never lived that lifestyle. Right. So I'm there. I'm, that's what I'm here for. Right. To live it up. Yeah. It's the whole back. lifestyle. It's a full package. It's yeah. definitely, and people yeah. are intrigued by it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like, if you want it, we'll, we'll just put it in the cost of my right. guiding. <laughs> They'll be like room. they'll be like an a la carte extras, and one of them is a night in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Just check that box. Do it's like want, an extra extra want, fifty bucks or whatever. And would you like coffee in the morning? Right. <laughs> Everything's gonna be we. It's funny because I've been with clients and I like do the whole food thing and I cook them breakfast and they're like, "Hey, I'm Chateau," and I like cook them all this stuff and it's. And I've had like friend, like a bunch of them sleep in there too. It's just really funny how this whole like coffin setup intrigues people. Right. Or, and I'm surprised it doesn't gross them out because it's kind of gross in there too. Yeah, it's not like cute. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I have to like clean it out. And um, I sleep on like a crash pad and it's not nice. Like everyone's like, you're so gross. And I'm like, I know. Like, well, like if you're on a crash pad and then you're, so you put that six inches under yeah. you. I mean, your face is like oh, yeah, pretty right much up against the, oh, the, yeah. the thing. I've gotten locked yeah. in there before. <laughs> and I've cried. I was on somebody's like honeymoon and I get stuck and it closes and I can't find my headlamp to like get MacGyver myself out. And I finally get my arm out <laughs> and um, it's just my arm and they're all laughing, won't let me out. And I'm like, 
y'all fuck off please help me help me and like so i figured a way of like not locking myself in okay <laughs> but it's you know it's one of the, it's got to happen right how, how am i supposed to know right. how am i supposed to learn right. you know this is a learning opportunity yeah, for me exactly <laughs> yeah a teaching moment teaching moment uh, yeah that i mean so you know you just mentioned your mom mm-hmm. and how proud she is of you of all these like <laughs> weird weird things you do which is funny because of where you came from totally. and your family so let's let's go to the where you came from thing yeah. Down in Texas. Down in Texas. I'm from Kingwood, Texas. Uh-huh. Football, you know, big football spot. I was a cheerleader. I still wear my outfit sometimes. Like I was on competitive high school. And yeah, I was like in all the athletics that you could ever imagine. My mom mm-hmm. put me in probably because I'm so hyper. If you haven't met me yet. Right. Like I just need. I was really good at everything too. I played basketball, did the swim team until I was 18, um, did gymnastics because you had to for cheerleading and then played golf. My dad was a PGA, almost PGA golfer and had a couple strokes and bad luck with it within his life. But um, my mom's super athletic, um, took me skiing since I was three, made sure I had a really good life, even though the, I'm pretty sure we were very poor and going, my mom went through bankruptcy and, um, I would have never known. Right. And so I think what I learned from her the most is perseverance and resilience with like just doing the things I want to do in life. And like, if I want to give up, she's like, are you kidding me? I had you two, I had five jobs. Did I give up? I got my boat that I wanted. And so she's always trying to encourage me to like think about why I'm going to quit before I quit. So mm-hmm. um, uh, she's just a huge support in my life, even though I'm like the little dirt bag at 35 and she doesn't even ask me, are you going to grow up? She's like, what's your next adventure? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going here, you know, and she'll be like, where are you sleeping tonight? And I'm like, in the coffin. <laughs> 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 and she's just, okay, be, be warm, you know? And so it's cool. And you know, I'm, I did the competition this weekend and you're a ice fest and my whole family showed up, you know, and my mom and her friends and yeah, I wish we'd met. I I was like intrigued because we were supposed to, yeah, last night, yeah, we were supposed to cross paths with them last night, but they stayed in the hot tub for hours. hours. Well, last year she was a hit more than me because I wasn't drinking last year because I go in these phases of not drinking. And, uh, this, three friends or three random, no, it's four random people came up to me and they're like, um, I think I met your mom last night. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like where? And your mom was poaching like every hot tub and getting (laughs) fucked up. She had so much beer. I was like, Oh yeah. It sounds like my mom. All right. Was she a fun? And they're like, Oh, she's so fun. And I was like, sounds like a good time. Yeah. I mean, Texas is great. Like I think this weird, I don't know if, um, I, you know, being from Texas helps being a, you know, this whole climbing thing. I know just like being on the athletics, mm-hmm. you know, you learn how to focus. And I think that helps me with like rock climbing or doing these competitions. Cause I know how to perform mm-hmm. when it needs to be done. And, uh, you know, I didn't know what mountains were unless I was going to a ski resort. I didn't start climbing until I was like 26. So, you know? yeah. I mean, the first stop out of high school was uh, sort of the music scene, Yeah, it sounds like. So let's talk a little bit about that yes. and, and being in Austin, because this is a really intriguing yeah. <laughs> part of your life that I'm curious about. Yeah, so I always thought I was going to be um, either 
in marketing, advertising, or within the uh, music industry. Why? I, I don't know. I love bands. Okay, here it is. I know why. Okay. So my brother and I are in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're stuck because my mom worked for the airline. So we got on flights all the time. We would go, come up here to Durango and see my uncle. Well, me and my brother are sitting there in the airport and we see the sky come up and it's, it's Flea from Hot Red Hot Chili Peppers. Really? And we're both, but we, we, in our head, we're like needles from Back to the Future or Future, you know, because he's playing that character. And so we go up to him and we're like, needles. And we're both like really young. We're like middle school. He was in high school or something. And he, you know, Flea's cool. He's like hanging out with us, like getting to know us, like doesn't really? care about it. Oh man, he was so cool. And then Anthony <laughs> shows up. <laughs> right on. And then fucking Chad shows up. The only person that wasn't within it was the bass player. Or not the bass player, the, the guitar, guitar player. player. And um, so we're all having fun. And then me and Flea had a headstanding contest <laughs> in the middle of the airport. And I lose. And he makes me run around the like whole airport like, I'm a little Dixie. I'm a little Dixie. <laughs> so I don't know if that, because I would go to bands and stuff. Like my mom would always take me to these concerts, like right. Smashing Pumpkins and you know John Mellencamp, you know, because my mom loved that shit music but i liked it too come on I know, some, it's he's got he's got he's got some good tunes yeah, okay right the, just right, right there in the center you know where you know what you're getting with yeah. melancamp no i i agree yeah. and like my dad like loved phil collins we go see him and like so i was always around like bands you know right. and like we they take us to festivals my mom and then it'd start raining and we'd all be covered in mud and like so i've been partying since i was you know young with them and being around this um you know, music lifestyle. And honestly, like Texas has a huge music scene. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, centered on Austin, but also oh, Dallas, like, Fort Worth. Yeah. Houston too, because yeah. we have Houston too, rappers yeah. that are there. Mm -hmm. And you, like I met Mike Jones back in the day and that was really cool. He was like, I love Mike Jones. So, so I, I think that that just kind of like was in my head and I was always around musicians in college. Half of my roommates were all musicians. So I, when I was at Texas State, I was president of the advertising organization and I would go to these other meetings that I had to go to. And the lady from the Austin City Limits Moody Theater was sitting at one of my meetings or at a meeting I was at. And I was like, I'm going up to her and I'm getting an internship. And I walked right up to her and I was like, Sherilyn, I know you don't know me, but I'm Lindsay Ham. I'm a hard worker. I'm, I want to work for you. I want an internship. She gave me an internship. Mm. So I'm like hanging out in the back with all them, like, you know, <clears throat> learning the ways of like communicating with managers and bands and, you know, what to say and what not to say. Like one time I did a high kick for Joe Jonas and he thought it was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I did like a splits or something with, for him. And it, he was like, wow, you're so awesome. I was like, thanks. <laughs> Was he like 14 or something? Uh, I think he was a little bit older because we oh. went to a show. Like me and Sherilyn went to the show and there was like 10 kids there. It was like no one showed up. And oh, then really? like this other artist, Jojo, who I actually like, I used to listen to her a lot. And it was so funny. She's like, uh, there's like 15 kids probably there at this point. And uh, she starts, she puts her hands up. She goes, put your motherfucking hands up. And me and Sherilyn looked at each other like there's like 15 kids. Like, what the hell? So I think Did like, they? Did they put their no, hands up? They were all like, <laughs> who's getting fired? Like here. And it was just like, I don't think the 
the kids even like it phased him or right. something, but it was so funny. But yeah, I think that like my whole thought was like, okay, I'm going to be an intern. I'm going to be in marketing because that's what I'm going to school for. And then there was a booking job within it that was up for grabs. You know, Sherilyn was a hard boss on me, to be honest. Like, I always messed up and she'd give me crap for it. I mean, I was doing 20 hours of school plus an internship, going to the bands, like taking pictures of all the bands and doing the social media. Like, it was awesome. But I don't think I was mature enough or old enough to really have that job yet. And so I didn't get the job. But I was there for a couple of years, like with, you know, talking on the Instagram, talking on the Facebook, I would come up with these like promotion ideas, like one time, oh, it was like, bike, you know, bike to work day. And so I made a uh, promotion one day it was like, if you could go back in time and rename the, the bicycle, what would you rename it? And people can't, I had three or 400 responses and we gave like free tickets. It was like mm -hmm. super cool. So I learned the ways of social media pretty fast and quickly after decided I never wanted to do social media again. <laughs> like I like doing it for myself and I think it's fun, but like to do it for other companies, it's like pretty taxing. I mean, like the mental health part of it, being on your phone, always having to respond. I was like, uh. and if you respond incorrectly, it's out there, right? you know? And so I, you know, I was pretty young. I was like 24, 23 doing these jobs, you mm -hmm. know, and I had no business really to being there yet. But then, you know, it was a great opportunity. Right. You know, like I saw Peter Frampton, B.B. King, Aretha Franklin, hung out with the Gibson brothers, like fucking Willie Nelson knew me by my first name for a moment there. And I was like, oh, God, I've made it. Right. Oh, my God. And like, and I knew Lucas Nelson because his good friend was like my climbing partner. Oh, right on. And so we would always like, we all kind of hang out and stuff. And for like a very small moment in my life, but it was, it was cool. You know, I wore high heels that were like six inches high tiny little skirts, you know, I looked good, you mm -hmm. know, back in the day. I still look good, but you know, you know, traded them for mountain boots, right. you know, some other types of things. Right. So, but yeah, it was great. It was like a really good lesson of like um negotiating too. Like, you know, um, you know, I still have to pitch myself to companies here, you know, and it helped me be professional. So what I mean, what was the impetus to move on and and like climbing fell in there somewhere as well. Yeah. So I moved from, I got this job actually in Denver, like right after, oh, I went on a month long trip. I told my friend, I was like, all right, take me on a month long trip to climbing. Like, mm -hmm. so we went to, how much did you climb by then? Ah, uh, maybe a couple sport routes. Okay. I, I didn't even know how to clean a route. Right. Like I did, I was like, I, I was a shit show and like putting people backwards on the <laughs> ATC doing it. Totally wrong. Like, I don't know. And, um, so we went on this trip. We went to Colorado, Wyoming, Arizona, New Mexico. And we were in Colorado. My friend looked at me and he's like, you're never coming home, are you? I was like, nah, I think I'm, I'm moving on. So I, I found a job in Denver. Um, and I actually licensed out video content for commercials and documentaries and movies and all these things. So I was always in the entertainment mm -hmm. world. Then I met my next, uh, or he's my ex-boyfriend now, but he was um, a big climber and I met him on that road trip. And then I met, I think two of my friends from Austin moved to Durango. I had moved to Denver and they're like, Hey, come down. Like we're going to Indian Creek. We're going to this like crack climbing. And he was there. And so we started dating like right after. Um, I quit my job like seven months later and moved to Durango, which I have family there. So it's nice. I have my uncle, my aunt 
cousins, my grandmother, my grandfather. And uh, yeah, I just started waiting tables. Mm-hmm. And then, well, hold on. Let's go. Let's yeah. circle back to um, you going on this road trip and never going home. Yeah. I mean, how, how like abrupt was it? Um, you know me, I'm like a ripcord person. We've <laughs> right. talked about this. Like, I'm like, I'm doing it and I'm doing it now. Um, it was like immediate. Right. I didn't tell anybody I left. Like no one knew I left. They were like, hey, come to this party. I'm like, oh yeah, I moved to Colorado. <laughs> and they're like, what? I was like, yeah, like two days ago. And actually Josh, who was on my trip with me, he drove me up to Colorado mm-hmm. and I break down right when I get to this apartment or my new apartment. He's like, what? And I was like, what the fuck did I just do? And he was like, the best thing you've ever done for yourself, Pam. Like, this is like so sick that you're doing this. And it was, it was like the best decision I've ever made. Cause I knew like in Texas, it wasn't like, I didn't like dating any of those guys. Like they all want babies and stuff. And I don't want babies and they want the marriage and like go home to the hometown. I'm like, nah, like there was something more adventurous in my brain. That was, I don't know. It just wasn't there. And plus I was running a lot of um, ultra races too in college, just on my own. Like I would do 18 mile races on the weekends just to prep for these other 50 Ks. And so I I just knew that this spot wasn't mine anymore. And so when we get to Colorado, we just start climbing. I just start meeting a bunch of people and I met, you know, my ex-boyfriend and he was a mountain guide or aspiring to be. And so I learned really quickly, also did a lot of stuff. How to do your figure eight eight. and your your blade device and stuff. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) So it all worked out. You know, I didn't, I I mean, I am a human that like just goes for it. Mm -hmm. So I think what the, the transition from Austin to Colorado was big, but it was, um, look where I'm at now, you know, (laughs) I'm in Ure, Colorado. Taking people's toilet papers from their house and then bringing it back to mine and kicking it around around the streets and people find me and they're like, come to another party. I'm like, sure. <laughs> Just a wild one still. You know, you, if you're not from Texas, you don't understand the amount of partying that we do. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, thinking about this like scene that you were dipping into, you were maybe like thinking that this is my path as a young woman. Mm-hmm. You know, the music scene, yeah, it comes with all these threats in a way to your your health and your mental health. And, you, totally. know, you know, was that like on the table? Were you, you know, confronted with that level of partying? And, and... I was the party. Though. Okay. <laughs> Listen, right. it didn't stop. Like, right. um, you know, I was able to rein it in just because I was doing school. But no, I was like definitely a professional partier and I was good at it. And right. I would, but I was really disciplined with it. Like I would go run and then go to school and then go to the show, go to my internship, which is the show, like working the whole thing. And then uh party that night to like two or three in the morning, you know, taking Adderall with all my, <laughs> my, you know, other coworkers and stuff. Cause we're staying up. And sometimes we'd have three shows back to back, you know? Right. And so I think that like that, that scene was like, I remember Sherilyn looked at me and was like, Hey, look, I know you're actually like, you got your stuff together, but think about, you got to be a really good partier. You can't be like shit face. Right. So I learned not to be like shit faced whenever I was out, out and about because people try to take advantage. Right. For sure. Like I remember going up to a hotel room with this guy thinking I was going to a party 
And he was like, definitely trying to get with me. And I was like, where's everybody? And he was like, oh, I thought it could just be me and you. I was like, yeah, I'm fucking leaving, dude. <laughs> right. Because I knew exactly, because he was like trying to like sway me to be, because he was like, I'm this manager person. I'm like, he could have just been like someone's like, you know, assistant or right. something. <laughs> You know, like, like a personal shopper. And right. I would have, you know, like, but a good thing I have some wit about me mm -hmm. that I like my alarms would go off. And I'm like, man, I wonder if all those like weird times have helped me with my alarms in the mountains, you know, like really trusting my instinct. And right. like, I need to get the fuck out of here right, right now. This is going to be bad. Right. You know, and having the courage to be like, no, I'm getting up and leaving, you know, and because they definitely try to take advantage of you for sure. Right. Um, Not everybody. But again, we've got some shitty people out there well yeah i mean is there any regrets of like wow maybe i could have like been some big deal in the music scene yeah or, for sure yeah because i have the personality mm -hmm. i think i'm like really good at you know like working the room and uh also really really good at connecting people and like figuring out how to work you know an angle for you know, maybe another show or another connection. And I was like, man, I could be a booking agent for this person. And, and I thought about it. I could have right. made like a lot of money, right? you know, and, and had a really good time. I could be married to like maybe Lucas Nelson right now. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas, <laughs> remember me. It's not too late. It's not too late. I could send him a message. I'm sure he'd be like, I don't fucking remember you. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, I mean, there's some, but not, not totally. I mean, here's the thing that like, I love what I do right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that like I tried it, I went for it, it didn't happen. And, but it's funny because I am around famous people in our climbing world right. a lot. So it's actually hasn't changed much. <laughs> like I know all the humans, you know, mm -hmm. apparently I was in somebody's Tim Emmett's face last night yelling at him or something like that. So he's my new friend. Um, <laughs> he doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know but... yet. But, hey, Tim, we're friends. But it's like, Katie Lambert's like my best friend. I stalked her at a, like a festival and I like went up to her. I was like, I was like, let me see your arm span. And I just gave her a hug and I whispered in her ear, like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> and we're best friends. I FaceTimed her this morning and I like texted her. I was like, look at us. Look at us. Look how far we've come, you know, from that one time of stalking you. <laughs> Who's next? I'm, Who's on your list? I don't know. It may be you. No, I already got you, Chris. Yeah. It was a, I haven't thought about it yet. All right. Let me think about that one. Who, who no, else? don't show your cards. <laughs> okay, they cool. might listen. Yeah, totally. They're all like, oh, God. I like come up like a troll right behind him. Like, hi, I'm him. <laughs> We're going to be friends. We're going to be friends. Hello. I think I did that to Alex Johnson, too. Oh, right on. <laughs> Me and her are good friends, too. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I went on a very awkward hike with her up to the Druids, and I got really stoned, and I thought I we were walking up. <laughs> There's this woman coming down, and I totally thought I knew her, and I go on this big conversation with her, and I don't know her, but I can't, you know, stop it. And we're all, I know I'm stoned, and uh, Alex is like, that was really awkward. I was like, yeah, I didn't know her. And I just couldn't stop. <laughs> like, I couldn't like in that conversation. Me, Alex just always like, we always laugh about it. She's like, you're so awkward. I was like, she's like, you're like this like weird troll. I was like, I know. I love being a little troll hole like person. So. <laughs> Coming out of the coffin. Hi. Zinging out there. <laughs> I should put that on my Tinder. Sitting up. Yeah. Like this is my home. <laughs> Would you like to be part of it, <laughs> please? It's funny because Katie, I'll go on these rants and Katie's like, stop talking. 
<laughs> so then I got a tattoo on my back that says stop talking. <laughs> and then I got one that says like fuck it and suck it. And I'm like, God, I'm so much trash, but whatever. I just take it back to the my Texan life. I'm like, it's like my mom, whenever I brought my boyfriend home and she like looked at us and she's like, You guys want to burn some lawn furniture in the backyard? I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the family, sir. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. She, like, I bring a guy home. We're at the house, and she just, like, turned to us, and she's like, you guys want to burn some lawn furniture? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And so we, there's a picture of me and my ex and my mom just, like, waving to the, <laughs> our hands are in our air, or in the air, like, with the fire going, the fire is like gigantic. And I'm like, this is probably illegal right now. And it's like not good lawn furniture. It's like plastic and stuff. So it's, it's like total redneck stuff that we're doing. And I'm like, yeah, it's my house. It's like, like my family is so funny. Cause like I was telling this story to somebody the other day, like we were talking about poop, you know, like I shot my pants like twice this year, once on the glacier in front of a bunch of my clients and then one on in Pakistan in front of all the dudes. And I was like, oh yeah, poop is kind of like a thing in my family. Like we used to give like fake poop or poop to like our family friends. And like, it was like our, the first present we would give. So we give like, you know, um, dog poop or like <laughs> cat poop or bunny poop. And I'm 13 at this moment in time. And, um, we're about to go to the Christmas party and there's like 50 people at this Christmas party. And I'm like, my mom's like, shit, we don't have any poop. And I'm like, I was like, I got to poop. And so we, <laughs> we put the poop in. My mom goes and grabs the poop out of the fucking toilet. We put it <laughs> in the present. And I remember I'm like facing everybody and I'm sitting on the fireplace Who's and, getting the poop? Um, my are like it's like my God family, right? And the sun is opening the present, and I'm just like, <laughs> like just like my brother's just like you're so fucking disgusting, and I'm like, oh dude, you don't even know this is amazing. Like this is this is this is who I am. This is like what's about to make me who I am. So he opens it, and everyone goes silent because it's a big party, and then he goes. <sighs> is that human poop? And I'm like, it's mine. And I just like fucking owned it. And I was like, so psyched. And we never gave poop again. I ended it. It was great. It was the cutest little 13 year old turd too. Like it wasn't like some like nasty thing. It was like so cute. And I was like, how could you hate me? Like, this is adorable. Look how cute I am. Just psyched giving poop. So like my, I feel like my life sometimes is like this, like TV show, like, Again, like last night, like when someone found me because I drank last night and I'm like kicking around a toilet paper roll giggling. I'm like, that's how easily humored I am, you know? So it's just like shit like that. Yeah. So that's my favorite my Texas stories that I have as a child. Sorry. I know we derailed from some of the climbing stuff but and the, the, the Austin stuff, but fuck it. Well, we'll get it back on track here. See, all right, so yeah, let's get back to the climbing. I'm yeah. sure we'll be off of it in a minute or two. But um, I mean, what was the trajectory then? Like you're in Durango, you've you're you're like, I am now a climber. I am now a climber, and I am going to like I'm doing burn it. down the rest of my life to absolutely. be a climber. Absolutely, absolutely. It was it was kind of a it was weird because I was also skydiving. Mm -hmm. So I was doing this like I was 
bartending, waiting tables. So I'd, ha- and I had put all my money in little baggies around like, there's my rent, there's my climbing money, and there's my, my skydive money. And I think that like <clears throat> the world just opened up a whole lot for me. Right. I'm like seeing all these mountains and I just watch all these movies. You know, I'm like, man, I, one day, you know, like I really want to be a climber. And I don't know if it was just like trying to be anything else, but just try climbing and see where it goes. And I realized I like teaching and I like actually being on people's like first climbs because mm-hmm. I started realizing how cool it was to, you know, I was like, man, this is so cool that I just did this and now I get to experience it with somebody else. And hopefully they have the same joy and love out of this um, discipline. And yeah, the, the trajectory was like, I learned from a bunch of dudes, you know, Marcus Garcia lived in Durango and I met him and um, started climbing with him regularly. And like he, I would get at him up at like five 30 in the morning. I'm like you train me now. I'm, I am going to do this. And so I learned how to mix climb and ice climb and backcountry ski and rock climb. So I started, it wasn't like I went full blown, you know, into the mountains. Like I, I was pretty good about like doing the, let, let's, let's build this resume up. Like the first time I ever Alpine climbed, I soloed Vestal Peak. It's like Wham Ridge, but it was the five, seven into like the five, four. And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like fresh off the boat from fucking Texas. What is, what is, I mean, if you see this picture, I have a helmet to the side, these like Ray-Ban glasses that are really nice. And I look like I shouldn't be there. And then I, I like just started guiding too. like, who lets me guide, you know? And like we guided Wayne Ridge like a week later. So I was like guiding and climbing at the same time, like building this resume up and started going through the American mountain guide association, got my single pitch. You know, I, I was a good climber. I'm, I guess like a boldish climber at the time. I hate using that because I don't want to call myself like I already know that I'm bold. I like go climbing. I think anybody who goes climbing is bold, you know, because it's scary and dangerous and sh- people fuck up all the time. And so, yeah, I started going to get my single pitch, per, my single pitch instructor and uh, then went through the rock glide discipline. And then uh, now I have you know, I just went through the Alpine discipline. Now I'm, you know, Alpine guide and I'm a rock guide and I have like one more discipline, which is the ski. And then I'm, you know, I'm done with my IFMGA. And I think the big thing was like learning from other people. Like I was climbing all the time. I've climbed so many places. I can't even remember now. And I'm like, I have to, even though I don't like my ex-boyfriend, I'm always like, should I call him and be like, do we, can I see that? Like, Excel sheet that you had of all of our climbs together, you know, like, cause there was just so much information you know he kept a log of all of our climbing you know and i was not like that now i'm really psyched on logging my kilter board you know because <laughs> all i do is kilter board or ski now but uh yeah so it's like it just fell into this this motion of like always going on an adventure and i had um you know a job that allowed me to do that too like wow i get to go climbing for for my job and now for myself it was pretty rad you know and I think the the AMGA is kind of interesting, you know, with, you know, you have to do so much on your resume and stuff and, you know, do so many climbs. And so we went out and did them all the time, you right. know, like me and this other guy were, I had like three friends that were mountain guides. Mm-hmm. So we were all learning from each other. Definitely fucking up a bunch. I remember a couple of times where I blade them off this like little rock. They're like, do you think that would have held us? I'm like, yeah, sure. And they're like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I didn't know. Huh. 
looked big enough to me. You know, definitely wasn't big. It was like this little thing. And I'm like, wow, I got away with a lot of stupid shit. But, you know, you wise up. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because you, I had, uh, with my guiding, because yeah. I, I was a guide all, like four years after I started climbing mm-hmm. and pre-AMGA. And so the company you, you know, it's still this way too, but the company, you know, just trained us. Totally. But like, I'm the same way. Like I kind of had no business guiding. I mean, you know, what they gave someone like me was pretty chill. Yeah. I mean, a lot of sort of top roping with kids and stuff. And uh, at the time, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's funny cause it's so much more, it's so much more of a process and, and standardized and everything else. And, but I mean, the, the company itself, like the, the guy who ran it was, was super old school. So he wasn't, totally. he wasn't all that safe himself, no. you know, <laughs> like just like say, yeah. that kind of thing, like <laughs> one sling and a beaner and we're yeah. all good for our, call it a day. Uh, yeah. All good for our anchor and stuff. So but, uh, but I mean, it, it sounds like you got into that pretty early, though. Oh, my God. It was like, again, a ripcord thing. Right. I was like, I'm going to become a guide. Yeah. And then Lindsay becomes a guide. You know, right. like it just it happens. And when I have a vision, I have a passion and I'm psyched. I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. No one's stopping me. And I think my big thing was like, I was kind of a dick, too. Back in the day, just thinking I was all this cool AMGA, you know, um, single pitch instructor i knew everything when really i didn't no you know no listen i did not are you kidding me i can only imagine no i was just like this little nugget like (laughs) fucking running around do you know how to do your top ropes is that a quad to be honest with you it's a red flag it was a full red flag like someone's like i have my single pitch i'm like okay well we'll see you later yeah yeah Do you have your locker draw with you today in your quad? No. Okay, then you need to go home. You don't know what you're doing. That's like that, what I would say to people, essentially. Really? You know? Oh, fuck yeah. I was a little thinking I was all cool and stuff. Now it's different because I- You are I, cool. I'm and you cool do now. know everything. I do know everything. So I have a little bit more underneath me now. Like I'm really chill. I don't like like really disturb anybody out there if they're doing something wrong, you mm-hmm. know? Unless it's like legit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know no, what I mean? I've like we're all going to try to like. We talked about that yeah. on the shows about like, you know, glancing around and like, oh, they don't have their, you know, the the gates opposed. All yeah. right, well, they're going to live. Yeah. But, or like, holy shit, this has to like immediately intervene before yeah. someone gets killed. I don't like when um, I'm on a climb and I'm just like recreational climbing. And I'm like, hey, maybe there's like a party next to me or like on the route. And they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a guide. And they're like, can you please help me? And I'm like, what you fucking... And I'll be like, God damn it. So now when people ask me on the route, if it's I'm just like, just having a ham day, right. I make up like this whole big like other profession I do. <laughs> and I, I'm like, well, that's actually a pretty good one. Maybe I should start doing that instead. <laughs> you know, like, like I'll just make up all this stuff and my partner will be like, what the fuck, you know? And it's, it's fun because I honestly don't like telling people I'm a guide out there. Like, I'm very like, oh, yeah, I just go climbing or I'm, or I'm like, oh, I work for Austin State. Like, I'll just say I'm like in the music industry or something like that. And um, just because I get people who are like, can you please help me? I'm like, I mean, what is it that you need? Like, I can't, like, are you dying out here? Like, what's going on with your systems? Right. 
And I'm like, hey, you're good. Like yeah. you can figure it out. Like right. unless it's like legit, like oh, sure. I'll give them some advice. But sometimes they'll like want a full guide moment. Yeah, and I'm you're like, like no. no, call call the shop and uh, yeah. we'll see if we can book you. Yeah, book and I'm like, yeah. Week. And one time I was like, yeah, 150 bucks. You got Venmo right now because I'll start fucking guiding. You know, like right now this is a half day, and so it's just. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty silly sometimes when I'm out there and I'm like, all right, I just need to like not tell too many people because right. they, I don't. I also then I'm part of a situation, sure, you know, and that I'm like, you guys are smart enough. You're out here, figure it out, and I think that that's fine. I can say that as long and I'll like look at things like they're totally safe. Yeah, yeah, I'm just freaking out. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I'm well, like, I mean, look, I've I, we're here at URA, and you know, it's <clears throat> I used to come down here and kind of make a point of. Of doing like a pitch or two, yeah, totally. Um, as just like for posterity, you know, like some top rub some water ice two or some shit out there. Yeah. And uh, but you go into the park during this thing, and I'm, I, I mean, the few times I've done it during this, it's like how is how is there not like carnage everywhere all the time? And, and I, I mean, it's it. It speaks to how like the systems are redundant enough totally to where and it's simple enough what they've got going on out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I've seen dudes like, you know, belaying on top, like with, you know, 10 feet of slack and they get their buddy falls and they just get torn off the top and everybody comes slamming to a stop and like. It's terrifying. It's and terrifying. Like, some of, the, but yeah. the thing is, some of these anchors are so creative. Right. I'm like, is that your belt? <laughs> like, and you're like, wow, that is some shit right there. I mean, there's like twelve slings, or like just. <laughs> I've seen where uh, someone just had quick draws. Cl- you know, clipped all together, like mm. all the way down. Mm. I was like, and then they equalized it, and I was like, that. That's some good things right there. I'm yeah. like, looks great to me. Well, and that's just the thing is like, of course, in a in a book, that's like absolutely wrong. But the truth is, is it's you know, it's gonna yeah, be okay. For a top rope anchor, even if those gates are getting pushed open, yeah. it's likely not to like have everything all just come crashing the, down. But it's, you I mean, know, the only thing yeah. is, I say against that is that like I've been in a situation where like a cross loading has happened. Sure. And I snapped the nose hook mm-hmm. of the carabiner, fell 25 feet to the ground. So, but if it's, so it, you know, do I think that's going to happen every time? No. And sometimes I'll go up to people and be like, hey, I just want to talk about your anger real quick. Cause it's like actually like kind of messed up and you've got kids on your, your line. Right. Can we talk about this real quick? And sometimes people are cool and some people are very like, I know how to do this. Sure. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm just going to step away. You yeah. know, I'm like, hey, like, that's actually pretty dangerous what you're doing right now. And uh, you've got your kid on the other line. But yeah, it, I, I I think there's like a full Facebook or an Instagram of like all the anchors from Ice Park. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's I learn a lot. Right. It's like one of my best days when I'm out there. I'm like, what can I see today? Yeah. <laughs> or like last year or maybe two years, I had like a woman bring her baby down there without a helmet ice just flying i go ma'am get the fuck out of here and she goes you don't have to cuss i'm like your kid has no helmet you don't have anything are you fucking kidding me get the fuck out of here you know i need to say she's less. right though i know <laughs> but i was like get the fuck out of here like i mean less fucks right, right. i don't know if i said fuck all the time right. but i definitely like right now i was like your baby doesn't have a helmet and there's ice 
ever. I mean, we've yeah. all seen how much ice comes down there. I saw a woman get like pummeled last year. And I was just like, it's kind of crazy how people don't think. Well, you know? it's the gym of it's the gym it of of ice climbing. And so, you know, I've I've argued that, you know, because of liability, this doesn't matter. Yeah. But it, in gyms, yeah. like gyms have have in the last 10 years, like may taken all the possibilities is that they can of mm -hmm. people fucking up out mm -hmm. of the equation, but that makes everybody dumb, know. you know? So like your, your Grigri's are pre-rigged on mm -hmm. the top ropes, you know, mm -hmm. there's are obviously, even if there's not a chance, much of a chance of the rope being too short, there's knots uh, like pinned and tied in the end that can't be undone and like okay. everything. And it's just, it's, I get it. Like they can't afford to have people fucking up in the mm -hmm. gym. So they've made us all in, to these like infantile little baby climbers <laughs> if you don't climb outside and i think the gym like uh, the unfortunate thing of a of an ice park is that that's the version of it yeah and, it's free rain out there yeah and but it's also like oh hey this isn't you know we're not in the mountains this isn't everybody says this is all chill yeah and like yeah and you know the anchors are all there for mm -hmm. you and it's like yeah it so. could be like it's so funny how people make <clears throat> guys the ice park is set up to make it really easy, like right. Chris is talking about. Yeah. You just K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Like yeah. just just go by that. Don't make your anchor super complex because everything is like pretty much done for you out yeah. there. So y'all be safe, you know? Yeah. Because I'll talk shit to you. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying it, it sort of invites yeah, this like I know casualness. It does. It like, does. oh, I'll just bring my baby down in here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just got out of the hot tub and now I'm ice yeah. climbing. Yeah. You know, and like, then which there's is what I love about it. Me so too. I, it's the only place I'll ever ice climb ever again is I can be in the hot tub like <laughs> within like thirty minutes of finishing a pitch. Like one hundred percent. Yeah. That's that's my jam. I just I wish I'd seen you ice climb. Oh, I'd heckle you yeah. so hard. It'd well, be so good. yeah, one of these days, what I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm going to secretly like go out and train ice climbing <laughs> until I'm really, really good. And then I'll do what you do, where I'll walk down in there with my helmet yeah. all crooked yeah. and shit. And, and I'll be like, get the fuck out of here. All over me. And then I'll send like some totally rad thing and be like, I don't know what the big deal yeah, is. I don't know guys. what. I mean, this is my is first time. Is this one like 5'5 five, five, or what are we talking about? How do you grade these things again? It's pretty much 5'5 five, five once you understand how to hold a jug <laughs> the whole time. Well, because I talk so much smack about it, even last night with like Jackson and those yeah. things are like these amazing. I'm Climb. like, what is it like? Jug, 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 or do I go jug, jug, jug? <laughs> and I'm like, and then when you look down, there's like, oh, I need a foot right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's totally true. It's so true because like you can make your own foothold. But the the fun thing about ice climbing is that you're not allowed to fall. Yeah. And if you do, have fun breaking the leg. Top roping in the Top. damn damn ice park, you're allowed to fall. So that's yeah, why that's I stay it. in there. But all right, let's let's get off of that yeah. a little bit. Um, you're talking about guiding, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, you're on your way to getting what's the like ultimate <laughs> thing called? So it's the International Federation Mountain Guide Association. Okay. It's like an IFMGA pen. Okay, which allows you to guide anywhere, anywhere that has like a, is controlled with this IFMGA certification, right. and you know, um, like in Chamonix, like right. I need I need a you have to be a guide. You right. know, or a pen guide. Right. They take it way more seriously and like guides are actually Absolutely. looked at like, yeah. like real people. Here we're all these little, you know, dirtbags, you know, it looks like. But we're, you know, we're trying to switch that. Yeah. But it's also like, I mean, it's competitive in the sense that 
Like, I think here you're like, like you were, mm-hmm. like you were an okay climber <laughs> and yeah. you, you know, fought your way through learning these things as you were becoming a guide. And mm-hmm. they have a lot more preliminary, like, I mean, oh. I've heard, you know, it's like they put the candidates in a gym and like, they have to flash like 512 yep. in like, or climb so many in like 15 minutes or all these like these ways to weed people out that seem really brutal to us, I think. I know. But you know what? I kind of enjoy hearing that because, right. you know, I have some issues with, you know, some of the programs because you have people that, and, th- and by the way, like if I'm not ready for something, like uh, I'm not going to do the program mm-hmm. one because I, I need to get my movement up. And I think that the standard sometimes is a little low with the movement. And I've like been on an exam before where I, I failed my first rock guide exam and uh what do you mean by movement um like climbing movement. Oh, okay and you go you look at this guy and you're like what the hell like this is fucking scary but they still pass right and i'm like how can you pass someone who can barely rock climb i know you want them to get their ifmga but there needs to fucking be a standard here right. like don't put me on the 10 dr every fucking day and let them do like five nine we all know i can climb like i'm good like i'm good with this like i've worked very hard for that And then I'm like, I will work hard for alpine climbing, you know, and for ice guiding and ice or mixed climbing and, you know, just being the mountains. And I put that time in, not just while I'm guiding, but like outside of it. Like every time I go out, I'm like, this is for my job too, you know, for like skiing. Like I'm working at Telluride uh, this year so I can get my ski stuff up, you know, having PSIA level two people or three people look at my ski movement to, you know, so I know that I'm you know, G to G, you know? And I think the big thing was like, I have, yeah, I think that it'd be really cool if they had a higher standard with some of the movement. I mean, they do with skiing, like you have to put in a video, mm-hmm. but who knows if they're just going to let you in, you know, like, oh, this one's cute. We'll let them, you know, like, <laughs> look how cute they're all skiing. They'll, they'll improve. It's right. like, I feel like I wish it was a little cutthroat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, Maybe it, I'm wrong. No, no. I, I look, I, I, I don't want to go on my own tangent, yeah. but I, I Please agree. Do. <laughs> no, no. I just, I, I was around for the early days of the AMGA, mm-hmm. the pre, I mean, before they even had courses, they would, they would come and accredit your, your institution, yeah. your guide service. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, and I was like a young, that was like, you know, I was young and brash and fucking thought I was a hot shit climber. And totally. I just remember thinking that exact thought, yeah, like this guy can't climb for shit. And they're guiding me. Right. And and yeah. So but it was also partially like my fucking ego. I mean, but yeah. let's not like hammer these guys. That that no, you know, no, was no. A diff- I, different, different age, age too. Yeah. But. And I mean, the thing is, like, it's getting better. And I just tell people, like, hey, work on your movement because technical skill technical skills come and it just I just my big thing is like mastery, right? I'm never mm. really gonna master all this stuff, but I can master my own skill level to a point where I look really good on the rock. So then I'm displaying good behavior to these people who pay really good money mm-hmm. um, because it's not just technical, technical skills. It's like moving through the rock and having organization, having this like flow and it all needs to be there, you know, like, and there's some days where I'm like, Hey, like you want to climb that? I'm not your guide for that. I'm right. not going to like, I'll here, here's another guide that would be, that is way stronger than me. Like maybe one day I'll get there. You know, like when I wanted to guide bridal veil, I did Bridal like six times last year so that when I guided Bridal I knew I could climb and guide it. Right. And I put a lot of, a lot of time into it. And I don't know. And I know there's guides that do that, but like, I'm probably just like more of a climber in my head. You know, like I just put a lot of 
lot of time into weightlifting and keeping myself tuned up for, you know, I can, I literally can climb ice whenever, which is rad. Like, I think there's like only a very small portion of us who all can go ski at any point of the year and have that movement and have that knowledge to go mix climbing whenever you want. Like I just like the comp, I hadn't mix climbed in like a year and I floated all the comp routes, you know, and I can go ice climbing whenever because I've put a lot of time. I put so much time into these disciplines and rock like rock. I'm, you know, I'm good at rock, but I could always, you know, we could always be better at those things. But like, yeah, I just feel like sometimes our, our standard is a little lower or some people get by a little bit easier. And I'm like, why am I climbing all the hard things though? <laughs> Why do I get all the hard bitches? I know you guys know I'm a crusher, but like, I just don't want all that pressure sometimes, right, right. you know? Cause I think that, you know, guiding is kind of like this. And I love my job. Well, wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Hold on. What do you mean you get all the hard pitches? I just always get the hard pitches on these exams. Oh, on the exams. Like she'll put it up. It's a 10 DR. <laughs> she has no problem with this. And they know. And I think that like it get it, I think everyone should be having to do that. Right. You know, if I'm having to display this movement and we all know that my movement is there for it, but you're not going to do it for this other person. Right. That's pretty freaking unfair. Right. I'm sorry. But like, I'm at the standard all the time. Right. So. Now there's not many women or how, how many women have gotten this full pin? In um, the States, only 17. Wow. That's not that many. No. And that's why I feel like I don't fit in a lot because there's just not a lot of us. There is, but it's, I'm never going to really fit in at times. You know, like there is a thing that people feel that the AMG is a boys club or guiding is, and I definitely feel it at times. And it's, it's getting better, but we have a long way to go for equality, you know, and opportunities within the AMGA or more so like in some of these companies. And I think that's why I go for certain organizations to work for. Like I'm going to work for Skyward because Vince Anderson knows that I love climbing. I love guiding and I can put the rope up mm -hmm. and he gives me the opportunities to go do bigger things where sometimes companies are like, I've got so much work for you and it's only female stuff, which I'm totally fine with, but it's just like group female stuff versus like, I want to go guide the Harvard route one day. Why am I not getting that asked? I'm an Alpine guide, you mm -hmm. know, but you're going to give it to this other male, you know, maybe it is a client thing. You know, some clients want a male, want, you know, certain, you know, maybe the, the camaraderie between the guide and the client need to be there. And I understand that, but like, I feel like I always get these, like, I get put in this little box mm -hmm. still with guiding and I'm like, well, I want bigger objectives. Not to say that I did the objective because I want to guide it. It's because I want to get there. I want to be a really good guide and be in the mountains with people. So I definitely pick and choose what companies I work for that give me those opportunities and don't just put me in this little box, you mm -hmm. know? And so it, it, it's also a work in progress. It's me showing up for myself and going and climbing a bunch of stuff. And people are like, well, she can climb that because I put the work in. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what I tell younger female guides. Like, what well, what do you do? I go, I put the work in, I go climbing. I go try really hard, you know? And I remember in the Sierra, I went and so soloed all the Palisades, the Palisade Traverse, had one day off, guided three of them like the next day. Then one day off, no, then the next day I did third pillar of Dana, 
like three times in a row, you know, like I was just putting time in and getting all these really great opportunities as well. But I had to kind of prove myself that I could do it prior. Like I remember my boss was like, well, if you go solo it, you can guide it essentially. And I went and soloed it and it was awesome. You know, I had a really good time. I got off route a whole lot and uh, it was a great opportunity for myself to be um, challenged with this, you know, um, solo mission. And I liked it. It was fun. You know, I don't tell people to go solo. Don't go solo if you don't solo. But like, I'm, I was happy to do it. And, um, but you know, I don't know if like other men have to do that, like to do this, like proving sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like, am I always having to prove that I can climb this, but I get it. It's, I would hope that the guide is ready to climb that stuff because those are big mountains. Sure. You know, like Bridalville is a big thing here. Like it's a hard route. Regardless if it regardless if it's picked out or not and you have two ropes and two people to take care of, like it's a lot going on. And you're maybe you've guided like four days in a row. You know, it's just guides are like weirdly like these machines, you know, and we're burly. And um, yeah, I think that takes a lot to be a guide, you know. I think that people think this like, oh, this is such a glamorous job. It's so hard work. You have like sometimes you have 12 different personalities you have to work through. People don't get along. You might not get along with your people. And you have to be willing to adapt to the situation um, pretty quickly, just like in the mountains. Like, you know, the weather changes, you adapt, you know, Mm -hmm. like objective isn't there, you adapt, you know. And I think that if you don't have that quality to to kind of switch modes real fast, then you're kind of hosed a little bit. And especially with people that and I have a degree in communications and I don't know if all the talking I've done you know, has really helped and being in a lot of different diverse groups as a, as a student at Texas state and during my early college years. So I think that, yeah, you have to have a good, good head on your shoulders with dealing with humans because humans are shitty sometimes, you know, (laughs) or they're really cool or they're, um, cause you know, you get some people who, kind of crazy like the seven summiter people right oh my god they'll be like i'll pay you anything to get me up this mountain you're like dude it's like 70 mile an hour winds up there we're not fucking going they're like i'll pay you anything you're like get away from me (laughs) (laughs) you know but then you have like some of the coolest people i've ever guided who are some of my best friends you know like this week with my client she ended up getting sick we were getting tattoos together you know like I make really great connections with these people. It's that on the a la carte checklist. Yes, too. absolutely. Yeah. Get tattooed with with guide. Sleeping coffin. Sleeping coffin. <laughs> tattoo with guide. Uh, what? There'll be more. Yeah, we'll, get we'll, we'll more. have a checklist. That would be hilarious if I put that on my like website or something like that. Like wild ginger mountain guides, tattoos and piercings. <laughs> <laughs> you know in a few years you're just like completely completely in. you got like all, all on your face <laughs> i've run out of room that's we're fine. going left cheek we're, today yeah absolutely <laughs> no but guiding like i i appreciate the american mountain guides you know like there are some wonderful um mentors i've had and within the females like you know Kristen arnold and sheldon kerr and mia is amazing. Like you've, you've got a lot of camaraderie there and they all, we all look out for each other. I mean, there's so many women, you know, like that I could point out right now. Like my friend Holly Mackin is like amazing. Steph Williams is amazing. And I think that when you do find the women that are 
you know, doing the full guiding. Because some of us, you know, like I'm guiding, but they're actually maybe going to school for something else. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are fully in it, there's some badass chicks out there and I'm psyched to know all of them. Who is it? Moxie right now is a new organization here um, that Kristen Arnold and Sheldon Kerr have and they're crushing it with the skiing and the alpine guiding and uh, rock guiding and can't wait to be part of that organization too. And, uh, you know, you've got She Moves Mountains, you've got Athena, um, you've got Wild Ginger Mountain Guides, that's me, I should promote myself because I never promote myself. And then, uh, you know, there's, there's tons of great orgs that have amazing guides right. and they're all females right? and it's pretty rad. And I'm happy to see all the women working really hard and teaching the community. And, you know, we're all finding a place within this AMGA world, you know, and I think it's a hard one because it's all dudes all the time. You know, I just started having more women on my courses and my exams. I'm like, hell yeah, this is awesome. So I think it's just, it's there. It's just not there yet. You know, right. It's a, it's a work in progress. Well, I think it's probably, you know, going to la- lag behind the mm-hmm. greater shift, which, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about on here. I've talked about on the run out. Like, you know, if you, if you kind of look at certain disciplines, just, you know, sport climbing, bouldering, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've, we're reaching parity mm-hmm. and then it obviously falls off with alpinism and things like Absolutely. that. And then guiding's probably even further, yeah. you know, but it'll, it'll just lag. I would, I would mm-hmm. suspect because you guys you know, it's going to be this thing where these organizations promote it, mm-hmm. and it and it and it grows. But you know, to to sort of look at the opposite side, you know, you mm-hmm. you talked about how as a woman guide, these organizations or these these companies are like, great, we we want you to do all these women courses. Yeah. I mean, there is a flip side to that that is you know part of that movement, absolutely. And so I, I was kind of wondering, like, I mean, I, I realize what you're also saying is is how it's like if that's all you're doing, it's it's rather unfair. But yeah. how do you look at um, that part of your role? You know, you're just talking about mm-hmm. that, and you know, do you find differences in the way you you know you guide women than you guide men or anything like that? Or you just is it is it just I'm a guide and and this is how I am and will you click or or whatever? Yes and no. It's funny because like. Right, there's men are different than women. <laughs> really? Right? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, and I think that. But it's still we're st- we're stereotyping. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. And like, I think that there are very much similarities there between like an all. Maybe I'll have like all dudes, and it's all like we're all talking shit and having fun, and the mm. banter's there. Some people might not get along. Some people do. I don't think I change right. really. I think it's just dynamic is different, right? Like you know, personalities clash. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that just, so those are some, just personalities are hard, right? Like right. you're on a trip for 12 days. You don't know these people or like a month or even three days. Like it's, it's a hard one to get to, to really find camaraderie within groups. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's a shit show. And I don't think it it matters in a all male thing or all right. female thing. Well, it's interesting because you, you know, it's not like you guys are going on a cruise. It's no. like you're all in these, you know, these clients yep. are maybe in like the most stressful situation they've Absolutely. ever been in in their entire lives. Absolutely. And so it's like, that's the thing we kind of forget is, is, you know, there's, you know, if you're in, if you're stressed out for days on end because you're in over your head or like you're, 
bad behavior is going to come out absolutely because you're frustrated and you don't even know it you know for sure and you know so it's like yeah we're not talking about like y'all went to a beach house together and then didn't get along or whatever no and right so like i have to read people really well right right so that's like my i think what i have going for me is like i can read someone who's like having this issue and i'll i'll do my thing and like bring them to the side like hey can we talk like how are you doing you know i check in with everybody individually and I think that's what I try to do because mm-hmm. you got to check in with yourself. And I, you know, some people might not know how to like really self-evaluate and maybe they bit off more than they could chew, right? you know, with all of it. And I want to be there for them. I don't care what gender you are. I want, you came to climb with me for a reason and we're going to learn how to get through this like moment of fear mm-hmm. how do you deal with fear out there because we all have it right and i told people i just push it out of my vagina you know <laughs> so, like it just goes right down uh, uh. and it, it's just my little joke but like it's more like i just try to help people um use the fear to crush you know like i had this one group of females on a baker trip and one girl's like we're at the crater where Baker, it's like the pretty much if you if you get to the crater, like you only have like eight hundred to a thousand feet left, and you're at the summit, and it's awesome. Like you made it there, you're going to the top, hopefully. So one woman's like, I can't do it, and I looked at her, I go, We've got four hundred feet left. We don't have four hundred feet left. We have a thousand. But I just was like, dig deep, and she's like, I don't think I can. I was like, You're gonna do it. You got here, and she dug fucking deep and sent, and it was awesome. And I thought that was so cool because I helped her like the whole day. I was like, you know, keep pumping yourself up, send good vibes to yourself. Like everyone say congratulations right now. Y'all are crushing. Like I'm trying to tell people to put like, instead of like getting those negative thoughts and let it spiral you, I'm trying to help people not spiral, Mm -hmm. you know, because I do those in my exams sometimes, but I have learned recently in my last Alpine exam, like if something's like not going well, okay, whatever, you know, like let's keep moving. Like it's all good. So I try to train people while we're climbing. It's not just technical stuff. It's like, how do I mentally train myself out here? And how can I deal with me being like super negative, having a bad day? Can I, can I climb even when I'm having a bad day? Because sometimes you kind of have to, right? Like maybe the only way out is up and you have to continue to climb. Like how can I get through that threshold? And so we talk about mental training too, like within these groups and stuff. And so it's helped out with people really being able to send, you know, and digging deep. So, yeah, I think that like the groups are similar. It's just right. different, you know, at times. And I think it's just because you've got, um, you know, I think, I think it's just really funny when, when I first started doing more female groups and we weren't really, I guess, out there climbing together as often. Like it wasn't, you didn't see like a, a female guide and you know a bunch of women and i remember i was in lee vining and this guy comes up to me and i happened to have like like four women that day it wasn't like an all it was not like um hey i want a female guide it was like oh going climbing you know these women just were like i want to go climbing i need a guide i happen to be that person and this guy comes up and he's like, oh my God, how'd you guys find each other? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, how did you guys find each other to climb? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I mean, y'all are all women climbing out here. I was like, oh my God, I'm a woman. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no fucking way. No way. And I was like, are you with your boys? And he's like, yeah. I go, oh my God, how'd you guys find each other? (laughs) Oh my God. 
you guys climbing together as like a, you know, is this like a boys trip? And like, so I was just fucking with them because it doesn't matter. Right. The ice doesn't care that we're females. We're out there because we want to go climbing. And I think it's like really silly when I get that a lot. And I try to tell, like, I had this one woman, she's like, I would have told him off. I was like, no, 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 let's, let's educate this person for a minute. Like, we're going to go climbing and we're going to kick ass out here and I'm going to lead and they're all going to have to go walk around the top and put the top rope up because nobody can lead. And he just kept like giving me crap. He's like, do you even know how you're going to lead? And I'm like, or do you know how to put the rope up? I'm like, I don't. Can you show me, please? You know, I'm just a dick sometimes, but you know, like. You got to kind of play with it, you know, and I think the, with that kind of comment, you know, like comments, I just, I just, that's just silliness, you know, and I think we're seeing more women out there, more climbing, you know, everyone's climbing all different disciplines, you know, and um, it's really rad. So I think that that stuff is starting to stop, you know, those like, oh my God, how'd you find each other thing? Like, right. I think that's starting to simmer down, you know, because we're out there crushing. Right. So... Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, but yeah, guiding guide world. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, let me ask you one last question okay. about that, and then we'll pivot to your personal climbing yeah. a little bit. This question may not work, but yeah. we'll try it. Okay. But like, what do you wish like all clients knew before they showed up to go climbing with a guide? Like, is there like a yeah. is there like an education piece where if you decide to hire somebody, like, yep. what's what do you what do you need to bring to the table? Or leave at home, yeah, frankly. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe leave. Okay, here's the thing, you guys. We don't get paid for our prep days. We do a lot of prep. It could be like a week. It could be two weeks. It could be a month because maybe we're doing something big. Give us a break a little bit. <laughs> know that there's a lot of effort that goes in. One, I take care of my body. Like I'm training for your climb. You better be training too. And I get it, like you might not get it because I'm a different person. I've been, I climb all the time, right? But train, have fun training. Get, you know, put the effort in and go for it. And if, if, like, say if it's Denali, like put the effort in to do Denali. And you know what? Maybe you won't send, but like, at least you were like fit for it and you actually gave yourself a chance to do that. And I'm talking about mental training, get, eat healthy, stop drinking so much, you know, and like put effort in for yourself. And also get validation for yourself when you're climbing. Like, don't worry about your friends. Like, oh, can I do this? No, you you know that you can do this and give yourself some good love, you know? And I see a lot of clients are like, oh, they get so insecure about like, and I've done this too, like where I used to be like grabbing for other people's like validation. And now I just don't. I'm like, I'm here because I know I can be here. And I, I try to tell people like, hey, you did the work, you know, coming into this. But also to go back to what I just said, like, Hey, like we do a lot of prep and we don't make that much money, you know, for doing all that. And it's not like this job is like, I don't, not going to make millions of dollars, you know? So I think like be patient with us as well. And, you know, also know that things don't always go the way that we plan. Weather comes in, your fitness, our dynamic, all the, all the things. And just know that that's just part of it. And sometimes you sit and you got to just learn how to have fun and sit and hang out and have some good talks and enjoy, enjoy the moment, you know, look around and have fun. And if you are nervous, that's okay to be nervous. 
you know, talk to me about it and talk to your guide and we're going to help you through those things. Hopefully you get a good guide because there's not always that great of guides who do that. But I, for me, I'm like very like, let's chat about what's going on with you. And I do check-ins with people who are doing bigger climbs or even a single pitch climb that they're working on, you know, but I've put a lot of prep into it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that, I think some people don't realize that like, maybe we just got off like a 12 day and we had one day or not even a day to repack and be on another trip you know, cause that's, we're a well-oiled machine sometimes that they just put us right back into that field, you know? Right. And I think that there needs to be some sensitivity there too with us. And also like have fun. Don't take it so seriously. I think that we try to take these, like something like I do this too. I'm like, I'm so serious. But whenever I am not serious, I send, you know, I'm like, I just like let things be. And, and it just goes way more smoothly. You know, and I think that that's the big thing is like go into it and have a lot of fun climbing and learn a lot, you know, and um, if this is like your one and done, great. That's fine, too. You know, don't put a whole lot of pressure on yourself. Just let things be and roll with the punches. So, yeah, I think that's what I would say to some of the guides. And, you know, some of us will get tattoos with you and <laughs> we'll do other things. So always tip your guide to let's say that to them. Tip your guide please. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, well, let's change gears okay. for a sec. Um, you were talking about checking in with <laughs> clients and trying to help them not spiral and mm -hmm. things like that. How are you with yourself with that stuff? <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we started off like talking about partying mm -hmm. and how like you're so good at it mm -hmm. and how much people in Texas mm -hmm. drink. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, a couple things as a kid that probably were traumatic strokes uh -huh. with your dad or your mm -hmm. dad having strokes and you know in this kind of crazy childhood yeah how do you check in with yourself and and you know what do you do about that yeah so again like you know as a, someone who has been drinking a lot of their life mm -hmm. i am big on i won't drink for like a year mm -hmm. like i actually will stop drinking i check in with like mental health how am i doing should I guide this week? Should I even climb this thing this week? And I'm very, very open to be like, I can't guide you today. I'm not happy. I'm actually having a bad breakup right now. And it came after a breakup, actually. Like I remember getting broken up with, I was six years in with this guy and, or maybe five years, one of them, doesn't matter. We were in it and I broke, we broke up and it was devastating. And I had to be on a 12 day course with all these people. And I have to, like, I didn't even get to deal so now learning from that moment in time of like, or all these like moments in time of like me spiraling now as a 35 year old, I just, I know when to like cut it off. Like, Hey, I am not good today. I can't guide. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, you have to be very realistic with yourself. If I'm not happy. I'm going to bite people's head off, you know, and I'm not going to guide well. And I can't do that. That's not okay. You know, and I think it takes a lot of like self-awareness for it. And I see a lot of guides who get burnt out and they just guide, I guide, guide. I think it's more common than not, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't do that. People yeah. are like, how do you not get burned? I'm like, well, I'm not guiding right now. Right. <laughs> I'm, I literally haven't guided. I've guided like a couple times. But since I took my Alpine exam, which was in August, no, September, I've taken a break because mm. I needed one. I needed a full on mental break break from giving to other people. It was up to like this week where I was like, okay, I can guide again. And I think I had to do a lot of check-ins with myself and you're at, you know, like maybe I, there was some spiraling in there and I don't, I don't 
not going to put other people into that. You know, Mm -hmm. I need to maybe talk to a therapist or I need to talk, you know, figure out what I need to do to get back on track, you know? And I think that that's a pretty professional thing to do. And I think that I'm not going to be a guy who gets burnt out not doing it because I love my job. It's, it's real. I think, I feel like it's rare and maybe mm-hmm. people just don't talk about it. Yeah. Right. They, they, they go about their, their sort of mental repair or mm-hmm. do see their therapist and don't tell anybody mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I feel like at least that wasn't even something anybody talked about when I was guiding no. and, and, you know, and then guiding is filled with, with trauma too, because right. accidents can happen. And, um, even if they're, you know, if they're at the company you're at, but you weren't involved, it, it's like a, you know, it's a bomb that goes off. And, Absolutely. and so it's, yeah, it's fair to say that it's, you know, there's this image of it as it's like this great adventure and you're out in the mountains and, you know, la di da, like it's <laughs> yeah. mountain therapy and yeah. there's nothing. And it's just, it's such a stressful job. Mm-hmm. You have so much responsibility. Um, you literally are courting tragedy totally. at all times, even more so than your personal climate. It's, you know, it's why I stopped guiding yeah. is I felt that too much. And I was like, this is dangerous. It's dangerous to me. I don't know these people. I'm doing these exactly. things where I, I have no idea what's going to happen. And, and so it's like, yikes. And so I think it's really awesome. And, it, you know, I mean, I'd love to see companies being way more open to that because i'd imagine if you if you you know are supposed to you're on the 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 schedule and you say i can't do this today and you don't have a broken leg or anything you know they're not they're gonna not be down with that yeah because before it was like i'm weak oh you can't go to work today uh no i can't because like you were saying that like there's a lot of a lot of responsibility and to go to to hit something you said was like, I don't know these people either. Let's let's flip it to where it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Say I'm in the best mental state I'm guiding and I don't know this person. And I've seen, there was a red flag that I had this summer. I was talking to this individual. I had looked at his profile and I was like, hmm, this is like, he had a car wreck. I've been in a car wreck before where I flipped my car 10 to 15 times and almost died in this car wreck. And I know how traumatic those are. I know what the aftermath of PTSD and having flashbacks from that thing, um, having a concussion and, you know, really repairing myself to get back on the horse, you know, as a human after that, you know, like I almost fucking died. And I saw in this guy's profile that he had been in a car wreck, Mm -hmm. but it didn't affect him. And I was like, "Mm, something's off. And then he wanted to do all these big climbs. And I was like, Hey, have you ever Alpine climbed before? And he's like, no, (laughs) I We're not doing what you want to do, you know? And, and the reason with that is because when we get into exposure, we get into a vulnerable spot. I know how I'm going to act. How are they going to act? Right. What if they're not in a good mental state and they're actually possibly wanting to kill themselves? What if they do that to me? I mean, there have been stories of that, you know, or I'm out one to one with this person who just spazzes out or does something in it. Like, you know, this whole mountain therapy ends up being like a legit, like, like, uh, something actually happens on this. Like there could be an accident with all that. So I like was very honed in on this person. I heard his voice. I was really very big on like talking to him a whole lot. We'd talk on the phone like two hours and I was just like gathering, gathering information about him. So the whole time I'm like, I'm like writing down like red flag, red flag, red flag. I'm not doing this climb with him. I know this, this, 
there he's actually probably afraid of exposure lo and behold ron the first pitch of the becky route on the liberty bell in washington washington pass and we were gonna do the whole traverse because we i was training him for the matterhorn and first pitch he goes i'm freaking out i just had a flashback of of my wreck i need to be lowered i'm like okay hey all good i'm coming down i got down to him I let him cry, let him do his thing. I called it though. Right. I knew it. And that's being a people person, like really honing in on these like individuals. Cause you have, it's, it's, it's weird psychology part of it. I was like, I'm so happy. I'm like honed in with humans. And I think that's like why I, I'm a, a decent guy is because I look at that. I don't look at just like all these other, you know, like objectives, you have to look at the person too, who you're climbing with, because what if I'm like, Hey, how was your week? Or like checking in on them? Like what's going on in your life? Like I'm a little therapist, you know, mm -hmm. with them. Cause I need to know who I'm climbing with. They could easily be not ready for something. And I saw that he wasn't ready for climbing. Cause he was, you know, there was, I told him, I was like, Hey, like, let's, I gave him some like pointers on what he needs to do after that and to get back on track and like, Hey, let's go a little bit lower next time. But yeah, like not, am I just checking in with myself? I'm checking mm -hmm. in with my clients too. Cause I get it. I, we've all been in situations where we're like, I am not, I should not be climbing today or this, this wasn't what I expected or my um, maybe some, you know, maybe I've had a wreck and it's coming up or maybe my, breakup is you know uh, unfolding right now with all this and i'm not ready to be like i need to go get help somewhere and i've seen that happen too out there where people have this like aha moment like i need a therapist or i right. need to get out of here i i'm not you know so i've seen a lot of spiraling for mm -hmm. sure and you can kind of read it before and so as a guide <laughs> you have to take that and then maybe rearrange your objective to that person. And that's a skill, I think, you know, it's a huge skill to have. And well, the rearranging is because a yeah. lot of these people, I mean, that's, you know, that this is like, I've decided I will climb this. Yep. And if I do, it'll, I'll be a great and happier person. And if I don't, it's going to like make myself miserable. And that's why I'm hiring you yeah. is to do this thing. Yep. So the rearranging of the objective is its own skill. Mm -hmm. If you, I mean, you've probably, rearrange it and they've bailed yeah but if you can rearrange it and have them still be in and be happy it's like that's a whole skill yeah i haven't had anybody bail oh, okay it's actually been pretty oh, good okay good. I, I have a good i have a good <laughs> thing where i i'm like hey i'm a ripcord person i'm not gonna let you ripcord this right. you know like i know that you're not ready to ripcord you know and um yeah so i think that like spiraling does happen and i just take a long time off of guiding mm -hmm to be honest, to get right. back. I, I do a full reset with myself. And I think that has gained a lot with my own professionalism and, you know, personal growth within my, with, within my career and my, you know, with its guiding or just recreationally, it just, I just reset. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if many guides really do that. And I hope they do. And I think that companies are becoming more aware of like, you know, being like, Hey, you know, checking with their guides more. Like I have, um, I work for Mountain Bureau and, um, in Washington and Mark Allen will call me and be like, Hey, how you doing? Like what, what's going on with your life? And does a full check-in on right. me. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Right. Like I'm getting that. 
more often. So we're seeing the transition mm-hmm. of, of checking in with mental health because I think it's more, uh, it's open now. Right. So, yeah. What about your personal climbing? Like what, <laughs> you know, we've been talking about guiding, mm-hmm. going out in on your personal days mm-hmm. to train for guiding, mm-hmm. to do these routes. Like what, what about your personal objectives? What, what are you, what are you into as far as that? Kilter board. The kilter board. <laughs> I'm really into kilter. No, no, I have objectives this year. I'm going to the Black Canyon for a bit. Okay. Um, I'm right now. I'm not really gonna. I'll guide every so often, but I'm putting myself first this season because I have a lot of cool climbing I want to do, and it's only gonna make my guiding better mm-hmm. too because you learn more skills while you're out there trying new things, and then you get a lot more tools in your pocket. So, um, re- you know, recreational Lindsay is gonna go to the black for about two months, three months, or whenever I can, whenever it's open. Um, I really want to do take your time and some other objectives. Cause you know, I knew Jared Ogden a long time ago and he's like a legend to me. And I used to babysit his kid. So I was like, I'm going to do all these Jared Ogden routes, you know? And, um, it also helps with, you know, I'm going back to Pakistan in the summer and it just building these skills and being able to climb some very committing routes and, also learning where my threshold is during these like heavy days. Like um, I was working with Ben Ruick a little bit and he, we were talking about like, a, I was like, man, I just like can't climb when I'm, you know, I, I don't understand like some people can climb when they're like upset, you know, and I'm starting to learn how to like climb when I'm like having a bad day and I turned it into a better day, you know, and like kind of going through this process with myself of where I'm, I don't want to hate climbing. And I think that sometimes I'll, I'll get in these moments where I'm like, I fucking hate climbing. And it's not about climbing. It's like, there's something internal that's going on. And so I've been like definitely writing down a lot more in my journal and like talking to a therapist about like what's going on with me. And I think that that's been helping out with um, my climbing and everything's going way smoother now. Like I'm happy climbing. I'm like psyched all the time. And I haven't had like, I remember I was climbing with Mary Eden and she's like, you just seem so depressed. I was like, I'm just like not happy with myself. And it's taken like a year and a half to get to where I am right now. And I've climbed some of my favorite routes and climbed so smoothly um, in the last two years-ish. And I'm talking about like ice or last year, my ice was like amazing. I had like the most fun ice and mixed climbing, you know, and I just, something clicked in my head. I don't know where it happened, what happened, but I don't know if it was the URA ice fest last year. I just like clicked and I just like had a lot of fun. I found validation with myself. And so right now with my training, I'm just kilter boarding and like working on my finger strength and having fun and not taking myself so seriously. And I think that's the biggest thing right now is like, I can train, I can get stronger. It's like the mental part of it. You know, I'm trying to bring both of the physical and the mental part together to where when I am climbing something hard, I'm not going to spiral myself. I'm not going to like, you know, punch the wall. I don't punch the wall, but you know what I mean? Like, in, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah. And, and just be like, <laughs> and not come back from a negative moment, you know, like when we've like fallen on something that we've, we shouldn't have fallen on or like maybe we're projecting something super hard and we just can't get it. Like, I'm not going to get mad at myself. And Ben has been big with that with me. He's like, Hey, like I saw, like I sent him a video and I got really pissed. I didn't send this thing. He's like, stop getting pissed. Congratulate yourself that you worked on that route today. And so there's just like this positive um, reinforcement all the time when I'm climbing right now. 
And I can get mad if I'm upset. I'll dwell. I won't dwell, but I'll like work on it and be like, why am I mad? And I'll let myself be upset. And then I'm like, all right, we're done being upset. You got to get yourself up from this. So I think it's it's not much like physical training. I mean, I'm always climbing, but it's like mental fortitude right now that I'm working on, you know? So I'm psyched all the time. I'm going to the black, baby. I can't wait. I love take your time. I hope I send that thing. It's going to be so hard for me, but I'm going to get real scared and have a lot of fun. No, it's not scary. It's not? No. Okay, you promise? I promise. Even though I'm down for scary, but this route's going to be like probably at my, like be a limit thing because I'm going to, I want to lead every pitch. It's not scary. Okay. I mean. It's black. It's the black canyon at a black canyon level. No, it's not scary. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's not really, honestly. You. I got it. I think this the the hard pitch on um, Acid Dog scary. Which one? The eleven D at the top. Yeah, that thing is so scary at yeah. the top. Yeah, that's there's nothing like that on no. tech. You don't have to do hard climbing like right above a, a fucking ledge like on that little God. thing. Okay, there's a picture of me climbing that thing and I have <laughs> jeans on. It's the middle of the summer and I have a shirt that says Meh and my helmet to the side. I was brand new to climbing. And my friend brought me on that thing. <laughs> Leading it? I led some of it. Oh, that, did you lead that? <laughs> Absolutely okay, not. <laughs> <laughs> but Cole, like that's a ripcord thing right there. Yeah. Like he's like, you could lead this other pitch. I was leading like, I mean, I think I swapped leads with him. And I was just like, I had no business being there. Like at all. You know, especially in the summer too. And I remember getting it to the top and I have like, my mouth is like, all fucking like dried up i'm like i look so gnarly and this guy runs out of his car he's like are you okay and i was like yeah and I, <laughs> i'm like I'm not, I'm not. like I have i need water because we drank all of our water and um he like got us a bunch of you know gatorade and stuff and i think i was like talking to him about a bivy baby and he's like who the hell what are you talking about <laughs> i was just out of it <laughs> A bivy baby. We were talking about how like it'd be hilarious if there was like a little baby on the ledge and we called it the bivy baby that would give us like, hey, here's a little cookie. Because <laughs> we were so out of it. We were just like making up shit in our heads. And like, I was like, little bivy baby coming up, giving me a little cookie. <laughs> hey, little chip. Can I get a hug? Because I'm the bivy baby. I don't know where it came from, but we're just being fucking idiots on this fucking thing. So, and that was just, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell right there. Just always having a fun time. Katie's just probably like, stop talking, stop talking, stop talking. (laughs) All right, folks, thanks for listening. And thanks to Lindsay for getting that done after a big night out in Ure. That followed a big day in Ure for Lindsay where she competed in the mixed women's competition there at the Ice Fest and took fourth in a very tough field. So good job, Lindsay. She was very psyched about that. And if you want to get in touch with Lindsay, you can look her up on Instagram at Haminator2017. You can also email her specifically wildgingermntguides at gmail.com. Wildgingermntguides at gmail.com I think she's also working for Skyward Mountaineering over here on the western slope of Colorado so anyway find Lindsay go climbing with her have a good time maybe sleep in the coffin who knows all right folks have a good time out there whether you're being guided or just out there climbing on your own remember to check your knots
I've never done the Dean Martin show. Have you ever turned down the offer of a Dean Martin? I don't like to appear in situations where I feel women are, uh, are denigrated. I don't have to put up with that anymore, and I won't. Thank <laughs> you.